When you hear that music, that guitar riff, that reminds me a little bit of the Black Crows over these next couple of months and hopefully next couple of years and beyond that as well, you will know that that means we are about to be talking gambling on The Athletic. Welcome to the premiere of Best on the Board. I am your host, Michael Beller. We are very excited to be bringing this show to you this football season and beyond. We are bringing you Gambling talk three times a week here at The Athletic on Best on the Board, so be sure to uh, subscribe to this feed right now, whether you're in the app or on iTunes, Spotify, whatever it might be. This is coming your way three times a week through the remainder of the year, and here's what we're going to do every Monday. We're going to come at you with NFL talk. We are going to be looking ahead to that next week's lines, trying to get a jump on the best prices that you can possibly get before things change. We'll also take a look at Monday Night Football. Thursdays, we come to you as well to talk Thursday Night Football and a look ahead at the college lines for that next week. And then Friday, we're back at you digging deep into the Sunday action ahead. We are very excited to be bringing this show to you. I'm going to be with you every single episode. I'm going to have a rotating cast of co-hosts. And on Monday, that means Andrew DeWitt. Andrew is the senior editor for sports gambling here at The Athletic. Andrew, super pumped to have you on the debut journey here of Best on the Board. What's going on, my man? I'm excited to be here, excited to have be on the inaugural podcast, get this going, excited to have more sports betting coverage for athletic subscribers and followers out there. I mean, yeah. and I'm just ready for football season. I, it seems to me like the longer, it is the longest way to get to football season every single year, no matter what happens. It's just that long break between bowl season and the playoffs and the Super Bowl to, mm-hmm. you know, get into September 1st for some football action. It comes fast and furious, right? I mean, it feels like when the summer starts and we start talking about OTAs and training camp and and colleges getting really back into their training as well, it feels like it's right around the corner and then there's just that slog where it feels like it really takes a while for us to get there. But we are turning the corner. We have turned that corner. In fact, we already had some week zero college games. We've got the real start of the college season this week and NFL season one week behind that. So it is very exciting and we are pumped to be bringing you this. Be sure to check out our uh, gambling coverage on the print side as well that Andrew spearheads so well. Uh, the big difference that you're going to hear on Best on the Board compared with some of the other gambling shows that are out there is that we're not going to try to uh, touch on every single thing. We are not going to be a mile wide and an inch deep on Best on the Board. We are going to be a mile deep. We are going to just do deep dives into a handful of bets in every single episode. We're not trying to talk about every single NFL game that's on the slate. We're not trying to talk about 50 college games that are taking place on Saturday. We're going to pick out some of the finest bets that we have and tell you why we think those are the finest best bets, hence the name, Best on the Board. So for this first episode, Andrew and I are going to dive into our favorite, very, very favorite futures for the NFL season. I'll be honest, I'm going to be placing more than just these ones that I'm going to talk about, but these are the ones, if I could only do a couple, these are the ones that I would get into. So both of us have an MVP bet for you, both of us have a passing yards leader for you, and then we have a team-focused future. Let's start with those MVP plays, Andrew, and I'm going to let you make the first bet. This is the first ever recommendation on Best on the Board, so no pressure, but who do you got as your MVP pick? Tell us who and tell us why. I have Russell Wilson at 20-1 to odds, plus 2,000 for the Seahawks. How crazy is it that Russell Wilson has never won an MVP award? Super Bowl winner, been there twice. You know, he should have won two Super Bowls already, and this is one of the best quarterbacks in the league since his, since he came out of Wisconsin. 
you know, why shouldn't he be an MVP contender? And he should be a little bit higher, I think, than 20 to 1. That's why I'm placing this bet. Um, you know, I, in my mind, he should be around 14 to 1, 12 to 1. You know, you Josh Allen's at 14 to 1. You know, these are quarterbacks that, you know, Russell Wilson should be up there in that, that odd group. Um, and then, so, you know, and you look at his, the pieces around him, Chris Carson, hopefully helpful, healthy at running back this year, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you know, he has really good pieces. And earlier this year, you know, he had that conversation when they were talking about trading, you know, I think he had a healthy conversation with Pete Carroll around, you know, this is the type of quarterback I want to be. We need to open up this offense. We need to let me throw, let Russ eat. I think these are all things that are adding up to a really, a star season for Russell Wilson. You know, there's one huge concern I have, but it also could help him, is that, you know, he's playing in the toughest division in the NFL and the NFC West, possibly. You know, they have to go up against the Rams and Aaron Donald twice. That stinks. You know, those are going to be <laughs> tough games no matter what. Because Aaron Donald is, a, you know, he's probably the best player in the NFL on both sides of the ball. But he's never probably going to win a defensive MVP just because it's, you know, quarterbacks win the MVP award. So, you know, that's why I'm looking at Russell Wilson at 20 to 1. I think he's just good value right now. If he starts the season hot and comes out, you know, you, you could quickly see those odds drop to 10 to 1 very quickly out of the board. Yeah, so Russell Wilson uh, sitting uh, tied for the seventh highest odds on the board at BetMGM at 22-1. You've got Patrick Mahomes as the favorite. He's plus 600. Aaron Rodgers, last year's MVP, coming in at plus 1,100. Josh Allen and Tom Brady are both at 1,400. Dak Prescott at 1,600. Lamar Jackson at 1,800. And then you find both Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford, LA Rams, at 22-1. And it is, I mean, Russell Wilson, forget about winning an MVP. He's never even really sniffed an MVP for all the great success he's had individual and team. He's never been part of a bad team, has never really been. He's been in the MVP discussion at certain parts of the year, but we've never really talked about him at the end of the season as a guy who's potentially going to win the MVP in 20-1. to I think that's fine for him. I don't think he deserves to be in the Mahomes or the Rodgers range, but do think that that is very nice value to get on a guy who could finally get to cook all season long. You mentioned the guy who I'm going with. It's Josh Allen. And, you know, plus 1,400, I think, also fair odds. I'm not saying he should be up by Mahomes or up by Rodgers. I think that's a, a fair number to place on Josh Allen, but everything is there for him. First of all, he was in this discussion last year. And if Aaron Rodgers doesn't put together the most efficient quarterback season we've seen in a long time, 48 touchdowns against five picks while leading his team to a division title and back to the NFC Championship game. Maybe we are talking about Josh Allen as the defending MVP, but I love everything that they've done. I love what they have around him, and most importantly, that they kept Brian Dable as their offensive coordinator. We saw that huge change last season in this team's philosophy. They are going to be one of the most up-tempo pass-pass-pass teams. Once again, we're just not seeing anything big from the backfield. Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Matt Breida in the preseason. And if you need any illustration of why Josh Allen is an MVP favorite, uh, go look at what they did in their third preseason game. A lot of teams have treated the preseason, especially contending teams, as, you know, whatever, sort of throw away. Let's not get anyone hurt. Let's maybe get our guys a drive and then get them out. Josh Allen just went out, played 33 snaps in the team's third preseason game, had an entire drive out of shotgun where they ran all but two of 14 plays in no huddle, and they were all pass plays. I mean, Josh Allen is going to get a ton of volume. Love what they did with Stephon Diggs last year. Cole Beasley, a great element for this offense. You have an ascending talent in Gabriel Davis. They add Emmanuel Sanders to the mix, and this is just going to be Josh Go do what you do, and hey, this is a guy who also runs, maybe not to the extent the danger of Lamar
Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, but is right behind those guys. He puts it all together. This is a clear favorite in the AFC East, a clear favorite to be a potential MVP or a Super Bowl team, and that's what you get when you find an MVP, a quarterback who leads an awesome team and does so with major statistical numbers. Josh Allen right there. Love him at plus 1400. So there is my argument for why Josh Allen is your best MVP bet on the board for this NFL season. DeWitt, let's get into some passing yards, guys. And this is a little bit down the list. You know, you don't necessarily need to be on a good team to lead the league in passing yards. Who do you got for this one? This one's a little off the board, I think. I'm going with Jameis Winston at 25 to 1. Just named the Saints starting quarterback. Um, you know, he led the league in passing yards in 2019. That Bucks team actually was pretty good on defense already. That core team that won the Super Bowl last yeah. year, they were just there. They just he just turned the ball over so many times, throwing 30 interceptions. But I think I think just being on the Saints is going to help Jameis Winston so much. I think he learned so much from Drew Brees last year. You know, and it seemed like they brought in Winston as like kind of like a red shirt year for him. Like, let's reset you as a quarterback. Let's learn how to protect the ball. Let's learn how to understand these defenses. Let's learn how to understand all these things. He's coming into a situation where he's played against all of these NFC teams his entire career. And I just think that the Saints defense isn't going to be great and they might get into some shootouts. So that's just kind of why my thinking is that Jameis Winston has the tools to be the passing leader and the Saints are going to have to score some points to win some games. Let me push back on that last thing you said for a second. Does he have the tools? Because you're looking at a team that uh, top two receivers are going into the season with Marquez Calloway and Traquan Smith. You don't really have a huge receiving tight end. Alvin Kamara has you know rewritten what running backs are expected to do as pass catchers. But even that is only we're talking about a guy who is going to get in a best case scenario, 800 receiving yards, 900 receiving yards. I mean, is there a 1,000 yard receiver on this team? It's a great point. I mean, I just expect Jameis Winston to be able to throw the ball around the yard, just like he did in college. And that's, I mean, maybe I'm just being a little naive here and looking down the board a little bit of like, hey, Jameis Winston's going to step into Sean Payton's offense and be able to, you know, orchestrate and deliver some goods for the team this year. But, you know, I'm just looking down the board a little bit and saying, hey, who's a player at this value that can have a really good season? And if that's down the year, like, and I can hedge out if it's like, oh, man, Jameis Winston's not going to be there, you know, or if I can find a better value down the year, that's just kind of a good option for me to kind of check out on that bet. Yeah, so Jameis Winston, as you see on the screen here, Jameis Winston is sitting at plus 2,500 to lead the league in passing yards at BetMGM. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this, you're not seated on the screen, but I promise you it is plus 2,500 at BetMGM. Patrick Mahomes, once again, the favorite here. He is sitting at plus 325. Then you have a really nice bet, I think, in Dak Prescott. He's at plus 550. Josh Allen, plus 900. Tom Brady, plus 900. Uh, Justin Herbert plus 1,200. There is your top five. So I'm going to go in between that. I'm not going to go for one of the top five guys. I Principally, just as a sort of a rule of thumb for me, I don't love tying up future dollars, tying up resources I can be using today. I don't love tying that up in a plus 300 bet, especially for something that can be so changeable like we can see in stat yardage leader. So I'm going past the favorites. I'm not quite going down to the 2,500 level where you find Jameis Winston. I'm going one notch above that at plus 2,000 where we find Joe Burrow. And I love this bet to wit. I think this is probably my favorite future. NFL or college, don't care. Uh, division, Super Bowl, win a conference, go to the semifinals, 
players, whatever it might be. This one is my very favorite future, Joe Burrow, to lead the NFL in passing yards. You're getting him at 20 to 1 on BetMGM. As I said when I introduced this, you don't need to be on a good team to win the passing yards crown. In fact, you might benefit from not being on a good team. Jameis Winston did it in 2019, as you said, on a bad Tampa team, at least in terms of their record. Deshaun Watson led the NFL in passing yards last year. That team went 4-12. and uh, Dak Prescott was rewriting the record books early on in the season, averaging 400-plus yards per game and before his broken ankle. But that team was not good. That was a 2-3 and three team uh, before he went down with that injury. So you are almost better off leading the league in passing yards or have a better chance to lead the league in passing yards, perhaps, is a better way to say that, if you are on a bad team. So I'm not worried about Cincinnati being good or bad. What I am concerned with is what they've put around Joe Burrow. The one thing that could really screw this is that offensive line. But assuming they can keep him upright enough, you have a three-headed monster at receiver in Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase that already rivals the best group of pass catchers in the league. Are they on the CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup level to start the season? No. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown? No. Could they place themselves on that level by the end of the season? Could they prove that they belong in that group? I think absolutely yes. And then you have an offense designed by Zach Taylor, that wants to throw, throw, throw. You have a defense that almost certainly is going to force them to throw, throw, throw to keep up. This was a bad defense last year, and even though they did make a, a couple of additions, it's still going to be, at best, a league average defense. And I think even that is asking a lot of them. And if Cincinnati is turning things around, and I think there's an argument to make that they are turning things around and that maybe this is a team that you know goes from last place in the AFC North last year to 6-11 and or 7-10 and this year to competing for a playoff spot next year. It has to be done with the passing game. It has to be done with Joe Burrow. It, you obviously are building around this passing attack, the Heisman winner, the former number one overall pick, for good reason. And so I think we really see that elevate this season. Joe Burrow could very well put the ball in the air to it 650 times. I don't think any of us would be surprised by that with how bad that defense is. Joe Mixon's going to get a little bit more involved in the passing game. We already saw that last year. I think that's a, a, a nice weapon for him to add into the passing game again this season. And I just want to get in on this Cincinnati passing game action because everything we look for in terms of volume is lined up for Joe Burrow in this passing game in such a way that I think he could lead the league in passing yards on a 6-11 and team. So give me Joe Burrow, my very favorite future on the board at BetMGM, plus 2,000 to lead the league in passing yards. All right, DeWitt, let's get to our last play of the day of the debut episode of Best on the Board here. We are both looking into the NFC East for a team bet that we are liking. You are going positive. I am going negative. So why don't you get us started on the sunny side and I'll wrap things up with an ugly bet. Who do you like to win the NFC East and why? Uh, my bet to win the NFC East is the Washington football team at plus 220. Um, I just think that the, the Cowboys are favored in this division and I and then you have the Eagles and the Giants. We'll get to the Giants in a little bit here, but I think <laughs> the, everything is kind of lining up for the Washington football team. They brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, which we have seen him plug into offenses and been able to do this. They won the d- division last year with Alex Smith, at quarterback. The last three weeks, he was barely out there, able to play, had the leg issues, some had some quad issues. You know, there's just all kinds of issues that he had as their starting quarterback. The defense, I mean, where do we even start on that defense? Chase Young is amazing. <laughs> the entire defensive line 
is probably has the ability to be, you know, above average at every single spot on that offensive line. I just love everything that Washington is doing. Ron Rivera is a good football coach, has won games in the past. And I just don't see you have looking around the other teams. Dak Prescott has that shoulder issue. It seems like it's going to be okay. But like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, their, their defense was terrible last year. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Do we know? We're not really sure what they have in him. We'll get to the Giants here in a second with your best bet. But I just think I think the, the Washington football team is the team to win the NFC East, and I like that they have the second-best odds. Fun division, I think, this year. You know, last year it was one that we all made, all made fun of, excuse me, for good reason, and Washington wins it with seven wins. But I think there's reason to believe Washington's going to be better this year. And with Dak Prescott healthy, Dallas can't help but be better. Better might be 7-10. and 10 or eight and nine, but they're going to be better. And I think you have a very fun division of an elite, elite defense and a potentially elite offense as the two best teams in that division. So I don't think that's going to be the doormat division that it was a year ago, even though you do have two potential doormat teams. And that's where we find one of my favorite team bets of this season. Give me the New York Giants to lose the most games in the NFL plus 2000, obviously obviously the Houston Texans are the favorite in this. They are plus 200, which is, I mean, I get it, but like what a, what a waste of resources to go plus 200 on a season long bet for a team that could still scratch out like four wins. You could be right about the Texans being terrible and there could still be a team that's more terrible. So stay away from that. The Lions are at plus 400. I actually think they're a little bit better than they're getting credit for just because of the strength of their offensive line. Like, I don't think that's a helpless offensive team when you have as much talent up front as they do. The Jets are plus 800. The Jags and the Bengals are plus 1,000. The Eagles and the Raiders are plus 1,600. Again, this is all on BetMGM. And then the Giants plus 2,000. I mean, DeWitt, what is there to like about this team? What is there to like? It's a bad line. It's a bad quarterback. It's a bad defense. I, they've got some talent at the skill positions. Saquon Barkley, sure, but we're still not sure exactly where his health is. Kenny Galladay, we haven't seen all summer. They just put him in mothballs, and they're not really giving us any information about what his injury issues are. I mean, there's just nothing at all to like about this New York Giants team. They are going to be bad, potentially very bad. And that line is just, I mean, that line is a mess. And that line plus Daniel Jones is a total recipe for disaster. Again, this is not about them. I'm not saying right here, right now, that the Giants are the worst team in the NFL, full stop. I think they're better than Houston. I don't know if they're better than Detroit. But when you're getting them at 20 to 1, when you're getting a market that is treating them like not a total doormat, I think it's something that you have to jump on. I just think this team is a complete mess. I think it's an easy 0-4 against Washington and Dallas. And if they can lose a couple of games, I do think they're worse than Philly. If they can drop even just one of those two games, then we could be looking at a team that is in a lot of trouble because... It is a tough schedule that awaits this New York Giants team when they get outside of the NFC East. So I am all over this New York Giants. I think this is a bad, bad football team, and it is just going to be laid bare right off the bat this season. Give me the Giants to lose the most games. Is there anything you want to uh, comment on on any of my picks after I threw something at you? Anything you've got to say before we wrap things up here? I think just kind of get, jumping back to the Giants there, what we've seen with that team is when they start kind of going downhill, it seems like they just snowball downhill even more. The, yes. the New York media pressure, Giants fans, team like they turn against that team. They don't even show up to the games. So I just think it's like it's interesting to see how the Giants kind of snowball tends to like just keep going downhill once they kind of have a bad start. So I kind of agree with you. Like I like the Giants, you know, 20 to 1 to lose the most games. 
I mean, versus Denver at Washington, versus Atlanta, that's winnable. At New Orleans, at Dallas, versus Rams, versus Panthers, that's maybe one where they're favored, depending on how Carolina does, although I think that's an ascending team. At Kansas City, versus Raiders, at Tampa, versus Eagles, at Dolphins, at Chargers, versus Cowboys, at Eagles, at Bears, versus Washington. There are two, maybe three games that they're favored in right there. I mean, this is just, I think, a disastrous season ahead for the Giants, and I love getting them at those plus 2,000 odds to lose the most games in the NFL this season. That's it. We did it. We have sailed the ship back into port on the maiden voyage of Best on the Board. Thank you for being with us on this first episode. Again, three times a week, we are coming your way. Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, all fall and winter long, as we dig deep into a handful of bets every episode that we like in the NFL and in college football. For Andrew DeWitt, I am Michael Beller. We're back with you on Thursday. Happy betting.